0: So one of the most renowned questions that was ever asked in the Bible is a question that actually wasn't asked by Jesus, and it wasn't asked by someone who was curious about Him. It was offered by a person in leadership, a person who had the right to release Him, or to have Him crucified, and that person was Pontius Pilate. He's famously known for washing his hands of the whole affair when the Hebrews made their choice of going forward with Jesus' crucifixion, although there was no evidence to the claims that they were making. It was an unjust situation, and in that injustice, Pontius Pilate asks a question, and it's found in this passage that we're about to read. It's found in John chapter 18, And it starts at verse 33. And at verse 33, it says that Pilate went back to his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him and asked this question. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. And then Jesus replied, is this your own question? Or did others tell you about me? I just want to stop here for a second. Go back. You did the right thing moving up, but I just want to say something here. Is this your own question, or did others tell you about me? He wanted to know in that moment, him being the king of the Jews, is that a question where he was searching his own answer for his own spirituality, or was it something that he had overheard him being called? And as a result, the difference between those two things is sometimes the difference between what is true and what is truth. We'll continue. So, am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have I, or in this case, you done? And Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders, but my kingdom is not of this world. So Pilate said, so you are a king. And Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. And all who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth, Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them he is not guilty of any crime. Now, out of a conversation like that, would that have been enough for you? What happens to Pilate in this exchange that makes him emerge from this conversation and instantly know that Jesus is speaking the truth. I believe it's because he found himself in front of the truth. He didn't hear a truth that changed his mind. He was in the presence of truth that his soul recognized and could no longer deny. You see, there's something about that, and it's so important, and it's key to this... Higher exchange, And sometimes, you know, we, we talk about having a sixth sense, you know, like a, an ability. You know, it's kind of like our BS radar. It's like this thing that we have that kind of sifts through the garbage and we kind of sniff it out. We kind of feel it out. We kind of have this gut feeling. Uh, it's been called a mother's instinct. It's been called many things. But we get this sense that there's something that isn't quite right. And I'll tell you that my understanding of the Scriptures has made me especially aware of this because what I see in this passage is something that I honestly believe God has put in all of us and that is the ability for our soul to know the difference between the truth and the lie. And I think that we don't always know how to articulate it. We don't always know how to express it and call it what it is. We don't always know how to explain it. We don't always know how we can even prove it. But we know that there is something in this moment that tells us that this is either a lie or it's true. And and Pontius in this moment, Pilate in this moment asks this question that has had repercussions around the world. It is a question that is known in all religions and in all expressions of faith and spirituality. It is something that men and women since the beginning of time have pondered. What is truth? And what I believe is that God has given us a compass, an internal ability that has been woven into the very fabric of our essence to help us discover that truth. And with just a few questions, Pilate was able to discern that everything that Jesus said was true and everything that he had heard had not been. And I want you to imagine that we're seeing a quick exchange between Pilate and Jesus, but I want you to imagine how many exchanges over the course of three and a half years there must have been between the religious leaders and Pilate himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? That all along when Jesus was out there helping people and doing miracles and teaching and telling them about a new way of life and living in a new kingdom. And a new way of understanding what that kingdom was. And new ways of living out those values in God's kingdom instead of the earthly one they were a part of. That all those times that there were those exchanges between the high priest and Pilate, they were always trying to convince him of why he would need to be arrested. And why he would need to be tried. And why he would one day need to be killed. And in just a few short seconds, Pilate, after hearing years of debate over Jesus, in a few short seconds is able to come to the conclusion that he is innocent. Of everything that they've been saying. Because he was finally in front of that which was true. I don't know about you, but I think we're all a little obsessed about knowing the truth. And I know that some of us, like, we're either very deep into conspiracy theories or we're not into them at all, right? But the truth is, is that we have to believe that People lie, we have to believe that our governments lie to us, we have to believe that not everything that we're told is the truth. Would we agree on that? So even if we don't fully agree on conspiracy theories, we believe that we are not always being told the truth. That it's being withheld, it's being distorted, it's being manipulated, and sometimes we're being outright lied. And, and the reason, sometimes, is that it's for our own protection. That's sometimes what, it's, what we've been told, or, or what they tell themselves, and they feel that this is for the greater good. And what we've done sometimes is when we've been asked the question, like, do I look fat in these jeans? We have outright lied. <laughs> and, and we have done this for the greater good of our own life survival. We have done this. We have lied. Why? Because we feel that sometimes saying a lie, even what we would call a white lie, is okay given the circumstances because we believe that it's better for everyone concerned. So when someone comes and asks us, did that person say anything bad about me? You say, no, not a word. Although you had to listen to all the bad things for about two hours. There are so many times in which we have just lied because we just didn't want to deal with it or we didn't want to get brought into it or because we didn't want to have to, you know, just say the truth. But I need you to understand that would you recognize the truth if it was standing right in front of you? And that's a question not for uh, Pilate anymore. It's a question for us. Because Pilate answered that question. When the truth stood in front of him, he recognized it. But I feel like sometimes in my life, I haven't been as good as that. Anybody else? Like when I've stood in front of the truth, I didn't want to face it, you know? People were bringing things up and talking about my character like it was somebody else, you know? It's like, who are you talking about? Like, I am so amazing. Why can't you see that? Like, how could you possibly find anything bad to say about me? Are we even talking about me right now? Is this about somebody else? Come on. It's got to be. Because there's no flaw in this. Right? Sometimes when people talk to us and they confront us with the truth we do not want to hear. Oh, we don't want to hear that. We are not going to listen to that. We are going to push back on this. Now is the time to bring up stuff on the other person. (laughs) Stuff that I've been holding back on stuff that I didn't want to say, stuff that I've been piling up for years. Here it comes. (coughs) (laughs) And we just vomit all that garbage all over the other person, right? Okay, this is just me talking about my life, not yours, (laughs) obviously, because you guys are just too, like, good. This has never happened to any of you, right? So... When we stand in front of people and we hear the hard truth, I want you to understand something. That person has loved us in that moment so much that they would rather us hear the truth than a lie. And and I know that it may not always be delivered right. And I know that most times it's gonna be delivered in a way that we do not accept it. And most times it'll be delivered from a source that we generally hate and mistrust. But when we are standing in front of the truth, are we willing to hear it? see it, accept it, and do something about it. I'd like to think that the people in this room to that question would say yes. Because that is where my soul is directing me. That is where my essence lives. That is my purpose, to be a bearer of the truth, to reflect it, to powerfully exercise it, no matter what context I may find myself in. And whether I am the one who is to speak it or I am the one who is to receive it, I will be a bearer of the truth. We have somehow deceived ourselves into believing that lies can sometimes lead us to the truth. And I want you to know that the lie is just a lie. What leads us to the truth is only that which is true. Sometimes we've said things like, well, if it's true to you, And if it's true to me, then why don't we just like name this nice little club and see if there's other members that can join it. (laughs) Sometimes we just look for agreement. And I want you to know the difference is huge between agreement and truth. You can be in agreement with a lie and keep you forever from the truth. And being surrounded by people who lie to you because they want you to simply have agreement is not the truth. Truth is something that can stand powerfully, independently, on its own, and have the ability to lead us all to a place where we are not only reflecting the image of God, but we are reflecting His truth in this world that He enables us to do so much with that. I believe that truth always leads to goodness. I believe that truth leads us to experiencing that which is good. You can't have too much of a good thing. Have you ever heard that phrase? You can't have too much of a good thing. And usually people are talking about a bad thing when they say that, right? Like, there are some things that are just, like, not good to have too much of. We know that. And there are things that we can honestly look at and say, you know, too much of a good thing, you know, can't happen or it can't be real in this situation. But if you drink too much water, too much of a good thing can also be bad for you. If you take in too much air, too much of a good thing can actually be bad for you. There is only one thing in this world that if you take it in fully, all it does is that it keeps nourishing your essence and your soul. It, 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 it brings more life to your life. And that is the truth that is Jesus Christ. And what that truth does and having that as a good thing in your life, what it does is that it impacts your character. And there's this beautiful wonderful list that's found in Galatians chapter 5 and and it begins at verse 22 And it illustrates what too much of a good thing can do It, It takes a person who is impatient and gives them patience It takes a person who is unable to forgive and is filled with hatred and fills them with love It takes a person who is distraught and depressed and gives them peace it takes any one of us that found, finds ourselves not able to be kind or good in a certain situation towards a certain person and all of a sudden we can do both of those things and they come easily to us because what we have taken in is a truth that has brought about a transformation. See, there's some things that God wants to bring into our life that reveal and demonstrate how powerful He truly is. I want you to believe this. There isn't a good lie that makes us better, even if it makes us feel better. There is no such thing as a good lie. I think that when we communicate the truth in love, and then we build a person up instead of tearing them down. I think that when we say the truth in a way to encourage, when we say the truth by showing them a new way and a new path, when we say the truth to tell them, why do you want to live here and settle for this? When I can show you the way to get there and experience that. Why would you limit yourself to so little when God has offered you so much more? You see, I can speak the truth that is hard, but I can do it in a way that builds and encourages and moves and propels us forward in a manner that doesn't just somehow benefit me. It truly brings about change in the person that truth is being spoken to. We need to become truth tellers, not storytellers. There's enough storytellers in the world, but there aren't enough truthsayers. I know that God has put you here on this earth to be exactly that—a truthsayer, to speak the truth. And what Pilate does is that he he reveals the difference between the true and the truth. And even though Jesus didn't give him a lot of explanation and actually didn't answer a single question, if you look at it, <laughs> talk about being evasive, like that was like a master class. People would pay thousands, <laughs> you know, to, to be in that master class that Jesus would give on how to not answer any question. <laughs> and still speak the truth. Like he did it. And in that moment when he did it, he did it so that we would understand that that when we use the truth to manipulate and when we use the truth to our personal benefit, guess what? It's still a lie. It's a lie. So if I have to manipulate this, if I have to massage it even just a little... If I got to take out a a tool from my toolbox and buff it up just a bit, make it a little bit shinier than it actually is, then I am probably doing this for my benefit, not for theirs. And I got to catch that in myself. Why do I have this internal need to manipulate this? Is this even worth it? Like, what am I talking about here? Does it really matter the size of the fish that I caught? Like, come on. Or the fact that I didn't catch any, but I said I did. But I came back empty handed once again. Why why can't I just say that, you know, that I failed? That the business failed? Not that I was like bought out. Why can't I speak the truth when people ask questions? You ever ask yourself that? What are you manipulating? What are you trying to make feel better in all of this? Yourself, them? Like think about that. So the motivation that we sometimes have, that God just wants to expose that garbage. He just wants to bring it to the surface. He wants you to see it for what it is. He wants that truth to be seen and known and understood so that you don't have to live there. Why? Because He's got so much better for all of us. Why would we want just that? Why would that little bit of satisfaction or that escapism or that ability to just walk out of that situation without having to be honest about what has really happened, what has really occurred. Why is that so important to me? More important than telling the truth. And I have to say, I have to change, I have to say, no, this will not be me. I want to not just speak the truth. I want to fully represent the truth that is in me, and that truth is Jesus Christ. You know, I was always surprised by the Ten Commandments. Anybody else? Like like, like God is so, obviously, he's a smart, 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 smart spirit, like unbelievable, right? Like to come up with that list. And, but I was always like wondering how this made the top 10. And the one I sometimes have a problem with is this one. It's Exodus twenty sixteen. And Exodus twenty sixteen is an important verse that I hope they show, because I really need to read it. <laughs> Exodus twenty sixteen. Anytime now. You must not testify falsely against. Your neighbor. Or, in other words, version it says, You must not bear false witness. And this is really powerful. It's powerful because It is possible for us, and God knows it, for us to distort the truth, for us to bear false witness, for us to testify falsely, to put our hand on a book or before witnesses and then proceed to lie. He knows that this can happen in relationships, in business, in families, towards each other, towards strangers. A false witness can be brought that you've never even met. But somehow they've got something that they've been told they can say at your trial that can secure the win for the other side. And I want you to know that you wouldn't be alone in having to have gone through this because before you did, Jesus already did. He lived it. He went through it. A lot of people came and and bore false witness against Him. And what happens in this situation, Jesus knows this in Exodus 20, 16, is that it is possible for us to use the truth to war against the truth. And so someone can come and, and say something, even out of context. It is true that Jesus said it, but that's not what he meant. And they will use that truth To war against that which is true. And so they took Jesus' words and what he said and where he said it. And the reason why he said it, that was left out. And they used it against him in his trial. And they bore false witness. And there are times when we can do the same thing. We can say, well, you said this knowing very well that that's not how it was meant. But we use it, we manipulate it, and we use it as power against the other person. And we do that because it is more important in that instance that we win rather than be true. The reason there is a difference between a lie and a truth is not because God is so focused and obsessed on what is right and wrong, but so that we could all become trustworthy. And it's about who we are and who He wants us to become. You see, God has put us on a journey and He's put a compass in us, the compass of truth, so that we could and would become trustworthy. Can we say amen to that? God wants us to be trustworthy. And, and that's why you'll never hear someone say, man, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I have got way too much integrity. I got to shed some of this, man. It's just like weighing me down. Like, it's just like such a burden to be this integral all the time. Like, you can't imagine what it's like to be me, so full of integrity, that no matter where I go, you know, I'm always seeing a lie, you know, figuring out what's true. You know, there's some things that you just can't have too much of a good thing of. And and definitely integrity is not one of them. Trustworthiness is the objective in all of this. And my mom used to have this thing where she'd say, look me in the eye and now tell me again. And she was trying to, you know, catch catch the lie. I thought I was like, you know. What's this old lady going to do against my astute powers of (laughs) deceit and manipulation?" And and so my mom would like say, look at me in the eye and and I don't know what it was, but I would cave every time. She was so good. She must have been like trained in World War II by the fascist regime to, to like elicit confessions because All she had to do was just look at me. My Italian mother, just look in my eyes. I would just like crumble. I would just confess the truth. But as I got older, that stopped working. I got got better at my storytelling. I got better at my lies. I got better at my deceit. And she'd say, look me in the eye. And I go, it's not gonna work anymore. (laughs) And it wouldn't. And then my mom came up with this phrase. Is this lie the truth? Oh, man, she yoded me, like right there. You know, she she just took me and she schooled me because in that moment, I didn't know what to say. Is this lie the truth? I'm gonna say yes? (laughs) This is a question in which you cannot answer yes to. (laughs) You you see what she did here? She's saying, I can't prove it, but I know you're a liar. (laughs) (laughs) I can't bring any evidence to prove it, but I know you're lying to me. And in that moment, In that moment, guess what happens? In that moment, I become evasive. I'm laughing, I'm doing everything possible to not have to answer the question. And since I didn't take Jesus' master class, (laughs) like, no one is convinced. I am not doing well in this scenario. And the truth is, none of us are. Here's what we know about lying, it makes us sick. You hold on to a lie you get sick. You get sick in your soul. You get sick in your spirit. It brings physical illness to you. It will bring things that are not genetically possible but are spiritually possible because you are lying and you will not face the truth. And what God is trying to do is he's trying to free us from all that. He's like I don't want you to live your life in the shadows. I don't want you to live in the darkness. I don't want you to have to live with a lie. I don't want you to be defined or discovered as a liar. I want you, I want you to experience truth. And the reason is because God has designed us for truth. Can we say amen that? God has designed us for truth. I'm going to wrap this up with one more verse, and it's found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. And and it says that God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, and you will know both good and evil. And it's like the first, like, lie and manipulation that we see in the scriptures, and it's, It's Satan, and and, and Satan in this story is a fallen angel who rebelled against God and now has been cast to the earth. And, And God is giving humanity choices, and he gives the first humans choice. He gives them the opportunity to either believe and trust in him or to believe the lie and the deceiver and follow his words instead. And and the scriptures show us that Satan or devil means slanderer, the one who lies about you, the one who opposes you. And and we see that from this moment that the battle is always about truth. And, And Satan is always doing the exact same thing. He's lying to you, he's lying to me, he's lying to us. He's distorting our understanding of God and doing everything possible for us to just stay trapped in a lie rather than experience the power of the truth. And even though we may gain in knowledge and our understanding of good and evil may increase, there is only one thing that can truly make us good, and that is the truth that comes from the source that is true, and that is God Himself. And so if we turn to God and we turn to Him as that source, then here's what's going to happen. We're going to follow where the truth takes us. And God isn't just leading you there. He isn't just leading you to the truth. He is there. He is the truth. And if we go to God, here's what's going to happen. Every lie will always be unmasked. Every plan that the enemy has will be revealed. Every strategy that people have made in secret to take you out, to separate you, and to bring destruction into your life, those plans will not succeed. Over and over again, we see when we remain faithful to that which is true, to that which is truth, that God always helps that person prevail. Gives them the victory time and time and time again. And God will do it for you too. You believe that? You believe that for you? So time we just put the lies and the deceit and the manipulation and all that stuff, just put it behind us and just be bearers of that which is truth and of that which is true. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, would you guys stand as we would pray together and the band's going to come back up in a moment and they're going to sing the song, uh, Yes He Can, uh, one more time. And I'm just so glad that we can have this moment together. And and this is a powerful moment um, for us as we turn our attention to God and we say, God, would you direct my life to that which is true, to that which is truth. Would you transform me by that truth? Would you change me from the inside out? This is an opportunity for God to just show the things that maybe, you know, we have just ignored or, or purposely just stayed away from. That God would help us to confront our own lies, our own deceit. So it starts with us. And, and here's where I want you to go with this, okay? I, I know that you've been lied to, and I know that there's deceit around you, and there will be tomorrow probably as well. But here's here's what I want you to understand. This, is not, this moment is not about other people. This moment is about you. It's what God wants to show you. It's about the truth that He wants you to see. and And if you stand in front of the truth, would you truly recognize it? It's about your essence becoming true. And so we pray, Father, thank you that you are not just around, but you are with us. You walk with us, you love us, you hold us, you carry us. You are in us and you are forever there for us. And even in this moment, as we find ourselves before you, would you help us to see the truth that we need to see and to experience the change that you need us to have. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to river's edge and make this podcast possible you too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give you can also subscribe rate and share this podcast thanks again for listening and god bless you immensely